0: Tonight, tonight, I'm, I'm only speaking for around 30 minutes, just in respect of you guys' time, and I know it's, we're in the middle of the week. Um, and, and here's the thing, I was, this, this, this idea of this series came about around, I want to say a month ago. I was hanging out with a lot of people, we're not going to get to the verses yet. I was hanging out with a lot of people, and, um, and I kept hearing this phrase, I'm living my best life. I'm li- Girl, I'm living my best life. How many of you guys have ever heard someone say that recently? I mean, I feel like that's like the phrase right now. And I was like, and I've just been hearing it a lot with friends, more than friends. I've been seeing it a lot in TV. I've been seeing it a lot in culture. And can I tell you, I am so convicted with that phrase, I'm living my best life. I get convicted for those who say that and don't believe in Jesus. I get, I'm like, ah, you know, like, you're, yeah, you're living life, but that's not real life. Yeah, you know about love, but you only know about love that's, you know, based off feelings and like, you know, like you're with someone and then you're with whoever you want to be with, right? You're just breaking hearts and you you could do whatever you kind of want to do kind of just you know wishy-washy people doing whatever they feel right and that's kind of like what society's saying I'm living my best life I'm doing I, I, I'm, I'm sipping here you know I'm, I'm this I'm doing that. I'm living my best life can I tell you the best life to ever live is a life in Jesus come on this world will fade away money will fade away fame will fade away Instagram will fade away can I tell you that it will perish but Jesus will never perish his kingdom will never break down. There's a heaven that is already waiting for you. And sometimes we get caught up in the temporary. Why am I, this is weird. We get caught in the temporary. We get caught in the quick fis, quick fixes. Can we set up all the drinks? Uh, Andrew, you here? Andrew's gonna come. Can you guys make some noise for Andrew? God has graced this man with the most seductive voice I've ever heard in my life. He could just be like, John, take your clothes off. I'm like, all right, Andrew, you told me to do it. You just whispered it to me and it happened. I don't know what happened. They put me into a meeting. Pastor John, what'd you do? I said, I just heard his voice and it just hypnotized me. I did whatever he told me to do. I can't make decisions for myself. Oh, that's going to fall. Good save. Woo! Come on, make it up for it. And I just talked to him before church started. It. It's his first time tonight. He's already serving. He's already serving. God's calling you to be a leader, to see a need and feel a need. Come on, somebody. He's in the game. <clears throat> we got a couple drinks here tonight. We got a couple, we got a couple sips here tonight. Anybody thirsty? Real quick, real quick, real quick, before we move on, before we move on. People say, I'm living my best life, and I'm like, no, you're not. You're not living your best life if you do not have Jesus. And here's why I say that, because listen, when you meet Jesus, your life is supposed to be scandalized. You guys here tonight? When you meet Jesus, your life should be scandalized. What does that mean? I'm not taking my life and mixing it with Jesus, I'm dying to myself and walking in his will over my life. Jesus isn't an addition to my life. He's the center of my life. I think this series is really about giving you tips on how to live your best life. I think this series, if you take it seriously, it could change your relationships. I think this series, if you come every week and if you you tune in, you lean in, and you come with a little expectation and say, God, I want you to speak to me where I need you to speak to me. Not where I want you to speak to me. God, speak to me in this area except for all these areas. And God's like, I want to talk to you in all those areas because they'll make those areas better. Right? If we have that mindset in this series, I believe your life will be better. I believe that your ministry, your purpose, your future, your fulfillment, your passion will ignite into another level if we take this idea seriously that nothing can ever mix with Jesus. Jesus has to be the center of everything in my life. And that is what, that's what sets me up to live my best life. The title of tonight's talk I want you to write down is I'm having the time of my life. That's my title because I, I feel like being in ministry, I'm having the time of my life. This is my work clothes. I, I wouldn't go home in jane tonight because of the setup. You guys like the setup? Yeah. Your team, your team, they're crazy. I was kind of here all day. But, man, I work here. I work at the church, and I'm always, you know, in church and planning and strategizing and, you know, sermon prepping. And, and I can't wait to preach this Sunday. It's going to be cool. Um but, but but I got to tell you, I'm having the time of my life. Anybody having the time of life being in church? Come on, anybody really having the time of their life being in church? I used to gather in venues similar to like this and lighting similar to this and smoke similar to this. But I never, I never left feeling better. I always left feeling more empty. I've never gathered around like-minded people that are going to kind of uplift me. All the people that groups I've ever gathered around are only going to bring me down, only going to roast me. They're only going to bring my spirit down. But man, anybody proud to be a part of a church that is uplifting them? Come on, I pray. I pray you leave every week better than how you came in. I pray you leave every week with your head held a little bit more high, knowing that the God of the universe is for you and not against you. Man, we're a family tonight, right? We're here, we're here to, to have the time of our lives together. Can we do that together? Like, I'm having a time of my life with Carl and Natasha. Like, these are amazing leaders. Who who loves these two? Oh, my God. I love Carl. I love Natasha. High-capacity leaders. High-capacity people. When they came to this church, they weren't high-capacity leaders. They weren't high-capacity people. They were baby Christians. When I came to the Lord, I wasn't this amazing speaker that knew how to preach three sermons. I didn't know how to do anything. I kind of knew how to play drums offbeat. You know what I mean? I was more of a distraction than the deliverer of the presence. It was terrible. Right? And that's how we come to God. We come to God with nothing. We can't. We come to God on whatever. And look what God's done in these two's lives. Like, look how God's been blessing them. Look how God's been over them. And, and they've stepped up. And he, he wrote our new single. The song we're going to be, be doing. He wrote it. He wrote this. Like, he wrote it. Carl. He... He wrote it. He's awesome. You know, I went to middle school with Carl. Carl went to middle school with me. There's a difference when he's there, right? It's a little different. He went with me. Man, I seen Carl at his highest. I seen Carl at his lows. Carl seen me in my highs. Carl seen me in my lows. I know Carl's with me in life, though. I know he's with me for life, though, in church, and in ministry, and I rely on him and I can trust him that if people are talking behind my back he's going to stand up for me that if people are kind of whispering and I don't know I'm not, I know I know he's got my back I know that he's a man of God I know that he is righteous I know that he has a calling and listen he didn't come into church that way he was developed he was around people like-minded people that were there to uplift him and support him and pray for him and call the man of God out of him anybody love the church I think being in church is being really human. Like, if you don't have Jesus, you're not human. You're faking it. Like, nothing quenches you more than water. Amen? Open this up for me. I'm a little thirsty. Can I be real? Thank you, Carl. Cheers. Quenching. How many of you guys know water is quenching? It, it, like you drink, I, I, I play basketball, I finish, I drink a little bit of Gatorade, and I dog the water because I don't want to die. Water is good, but here's Coke. Coke is a fix. Come on, let's put the next point. Coke is a fix, and, and, and it's a fix, but it's not the fulfillment. Like this is what Coke is. like. Coke is like a quick fix. You're thirsty on, 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 a, on, a, on a hot day, Florida gets hot. It'll say 98 and it feels like 122. I'm like, plus humidity, 166. We're in hell already. Heaven <laughs> come down. <laughs> it's a quick fix. It doesn't quench your thirst. You come to this thing and you leave more thirsty. You ever drank a Coke? I want more Coke. I want more Coke. I want more Coke. And it's like, how many things in your life do you keep running to that are leaving you more empty than when you came to it? How many things is the world giving you and you're saying, I'm going to give up the clear, beautiful, amazing, oh, my God, water. I'm going to give it up for something that's kind of cool, it's kind of edgy, and it kind of just, it's going to be a quick fix. Man, this is not living. How many of your friends run to quick fixes? How many of your your, 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 people you know, family members, have got divorced over quick fixes? How many people you know run from the church because they want a quick fix over the presence of God? You need to make a decision tonight. Am I going to be the church that I want to be or am I going to be the church? Oh, my God. I had epiphany. I'm going to keep preaching. You guys here tonight? I think I have OCD. You got to pray for me. So it's going to be the quick fix. Here's the next one. Uh, 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 the next one is the Red Bull. Somebody say Red Bull. Red Bull. The next one, it, it gives you a buzz. A little buzz. The enemy offers you buzz. God wants to offer you passion. It's just something that's going to give you a quick buzz. It's going to give you some energy. Right? And this, listen, the, the, world have, the world has something to offer you to, 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 to actually build up the passion within you. Right? You see a lot of passionate people that aren't loving Jesus still being passionate. Why is that? It's because they're actually working to something that is bringing them a buzz. They're living in a certain area or realm that is sparking something in their system, in their body, in their neurons, and whatever kind of brings those feelings out of a person technically and scientifically. They're running to it. Just to get a, a buzz, right? Just, just to feel up again, right? And, that, and whatever people run to, listen, you can feel up again and up again, and you could try to help yourself, and you could try to talk yourself into positivity, and you can put good into the world and get good back from the universe, and, and that's what the kind of world says, right? And if you put bad into the world, you'll receive bad, and if you put good into the world, you'll receive good, and I come against that right now in the name of Jesus, because what happens when bad things happen to good people? Where do you stand on that? If, if good goes in, why does sometimes bad come back out to good people? And the, and the truth is, is that there are no good people. There are no good people outside of those who love and believe in Jesus. And, and, and the thing is we try to work our way to heaven. We try to work our way to acceptance from God. We try to work our way and live life trying to please God when we keep running to things that won't quench us. They're just going to give us a buzz, and they're not going to give us passion. Here's the next one. Maybe maybe it's maybe you need to find, you know, maybe you need to get numb. Maybe, maybe kind of what's helping you get through young adulthood is literally being out of your conscience. Maybe what, what kind of makes you feel better is not feeling anything at all. Can I tell you, you're seeking after peace that only Jesus can bring you. Like it, it'll it'll make you numb. It'll take you away for a moment, but the issue will still be there. You got to understand, the the Christian walk is not running from issues, it's running to the person who answers all issues. It's not running and hiding from the world to gather in little small hope centers, you know, let's just be a Christian occult. No, we're actually called to be in the world and not of it. In the world, out in our jobs, right? Out in our communities, out in our schools, out in our families, not to, to bring numbness, but to bring peace. And we've substituted, and then you got, you got the LaCroix. And listen, I love LaCroix. I drink LaCroix. It is my favorite. But man, sometimes I feel like LaCroix is kind of like superior, right? You ever talk to people, and it's like, hey, do you want water? It's like, oh, no. Honey. I don't want tap. I want club soda. It's like, oh, so close, cool, goes, <laughs> you know, OK. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It's like fancy. <laughs> Can I tell you, I, I know some people with money. I know I know some people with money. I know I know some people who seek after the cup to fill them up. It's, it's superiority. It's just money. It's just control, it's it's power, right? People seek after this. And can I tell you the most scared people in the world are those who have billions of dollars. Woo! You ever met a you ever met a, a you ever met a, a paranoid rich man? A control freak rich man? he's literally his own god he she whoever it is and and literally literally they 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 just they they kind of follow their own ways and it's like I have nothing against LaCroix but but it's something about people who who feel like they're above everyone else I I look at them and it's like man if you understood that that you had no control over the way you look like you're cocky about your looks and I got a question for you what'd you do to, to get pretty what say did you have in your face? By chance, you cute. <laughs> you had no say in your birth, homegirl. Homeboy. When you see yourself in the mirror, be like, I'm pretty, but like, man, thank God I'm pretty. I could have ended up like him. I could end up like her. I could have ended up like this. I could have ended up like that. I could have ended. You had no say in yourself being created. Why boast about you being created? How about you boast about the creator? How about you, instead of talking about how God's, like, stuff's happening in your life because, you know, you're a good person and because you have a good personality and, you know, the job they just really liked, you know, you got the grace of God over your life. How about that? That God is actually for you. That God actually wants to to prosper you in your life. Give give so so much credit. And you go after fame. The truth is, here goes another one. Cheers. It's a little hot in here. The water is the only thing that's going to quench you. And every day you got a decision, which drink is it going to be? Every day you you have a choice. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you make a choice. Which cup is it going to be today? You guys there in 1 John? That was my introduction. I'm kidding. You guys there? 1 John chapter 2. long message let's go you guys ready it's on the screen behind me do not love this world nor the things it offers you right there this is for somebody stop loving the world and you'll stop running to it run to Jesus and you'll start falling in love with Jesus do not love this world. come on read it 15 do not love this world nor the things it offers you it's offering you drinks It's offering you different fixes for what God wants actually to replace with real living, with real life, right? That's what he wants to do. And you have those options, and we can keep reading. For, For when you love the world, you do not have love of the Father in you. Read that again. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but this is from the world. And this world is fading along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Man, can it be more obvious what living really is? Is living really going by physical pleasure? Is living really going by everything you see? Is living really pride in your achievements and possessions? No, why? Because all those things will fade away. Listen, living is doing what pleases God, because you will live forever. Living is doing what pleases God, because that's what real living is. It's coming to church. It's actually starting to pray to God outside of church. It's actually starting to have, trying to have a relationship with God. That, that's that's kind of who Jesus is coming back for. He's not coming after those drinking anything but the water, drinking anything but him, that they don't just believe in him, but they surrender to him. Here's my next point. In the world and not of it, that has to be your heart, that I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Oh, my God, I wish you were to work like that. I'm in the world. I'm in my job, but I'm not of it. Come on. I'm a son and child of God. I'm a daughter of a king. I got I got Jesus all over me. Man, you may just see me in my job, but I can't let you know, I'm not in here. I was sent here. You might see me in my family, and you might call me dysfunctional, but I'm not here on accident. I was actually sent here by my God. He entrusted me with my family. Oh, my God, there was a lady in church. Uh, there was a lady in church uh, in another church somewhere. She, she actually lost her son two weeks after he got married. She lost her son. Terrible accident. And the first person that called her after everyone heard the news was her small group leader at her church. And her small group met her at the hospital, and they fed her, and they were there for her, and they prayed for her. And, and you know what she does now? You know what her job is now? Whenever a first responder gets a notification that parents has lost their children... They call her first. She shows up to the door. She knocks. And she says, listen, I understand that you lost your son, but can I tell you, I lost my son too. And the only way I'm here to tell you that you can make it out and that there's a hope in the future is because Jesus Christ was there for me. And he can be there for you and he can touch you and he can love you. in his same way that his grace was over me and my darkest moments when I felt like giving up, God actually ministered to me and he could do the same for you. Can God trust you with the life he's giving you? The cards you've been dealt, were you cowered away and running your feelings? Or were you tighten up and run in the woman and God plan that he has for you? What is it going to be? Any amens tonight? You know my job as a preacher? My job as a preacher isn't to preach on all these different types of cups and to get you guys to, 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 you know, how do we fix our problems? How do we fix? No, no, no. I'm not here to talk about your issues. I'm here to introduce you to Jesus. My job as a preacher is to introduce you to Jesus. My job as a pastor is to lead people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Why? Because if we go into the details, into the, this is how this cup is made, and this is how it's designed, and this is how many sugars, and this is how many fats, and this is how many sodium. I'm not spending too much time on the enemy. How about we spend more time learning how to run to the living water? We're not here to go to little issue by issue. And why you don't talk about this, pastor? Why you don't talk about that? How about I talk more about the water that we need to run over all these things? Anybody want more living water in their life? Maybe this is you. I haven't gone to church in 10 years because they're hypocrites. Can I tell you? You're weak. Weak. It is weak to make a decision based off what other people have done. I'm not going to go on that ride because my mama told me that what experience it for yourself walk it out for yourself pray to god for yourself you're a coward you're weak man you're weak am i gonna go in church listen uh, i don't need christianity because jesus is believed by those who aren't actually looking like jesus i'm not gonna go to church jesus is cool his church is crazy people are they're full of hypocrites Man, you a hypocrite. Welcome to the club. Here's my next point. Don't look to Christians to figure out Christianity. How about you look to Jesus? If you are basing everything off a person, how about we base it off Jesus? Oh, my God, my leader failed me, and I'm going to walk away from God. Oh, my God, my leader did this to me, so now I'm going to curse God because he can't be real because he used the person. Oh, wait, people aren't perfect. Oh, wait, people will mess up. Oh, wait, my father and mother will forsake me, but God will never leave me. Can I talk to you about Paul real quick? Somebody say Paul. Paul. Andrew touched on Paul earlier. Listen, Paul was a writer. He wasn't a preacher. He was a writer. Somebody say writer. writer. He was very religious before he met God. He was very, very religious before he, before he, had his, his, you know, his departure from from Saul to Paul. That trans, that transition, right? And, and we're, if you keep coming to church, we'll keep diving into to Bible characters. But, 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 but Paul. You see, Paul was awesome because because Paul is you know he he was brought up in, in the Jewish culture but 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 he was kind of always around Gentiles and God chose Paul to not only speak to the Jewish nation where Jesus was birthed and, and not only reach those that are they're kind of like you know the holy nation but but I actually called to Gentiles, right? So when the Bible says Jews and Gentiles, they're talking about some of those who kind of like brought up in, in, in the nation where Jesus kind of birthed from and, and, and it was rose and fr- risen from. And, and that's kind of like the, the start of Christianity, right? It's from Jesus and, and the people of Israel, right? You guys with me? then you have Gentiles. Gentiles are those that live kind of outside the Sumerians, right? Those who aren't from the Jewish nation, right? So so Paul actually has a foot in both realms. He's of the Jewish nation, but he's also sent to the Gentiles, right? And he's working with Gentiles and he's, he's he, you know, he's mating with Gentile. He's kind of congregating around Gentiles. So so God looks at a man that has a, a step into religion and a step into the world. And he says, I'm going to choose this man to write 13 letters to my church. Oh, my God. You know, that most of the New Testament is from Paul. Most of it, right? The, the dude that had one foot in into religion and one foot into the world. And he was kind of understanding both congregations. But here's the truth. Listen to me. He was a Shamite Pharisee. They were the most radical. Paul's job was to kill Christians. Paul's job was to literally execute Christians, just like Andrew was talking about earlier. That was that was like his. That's a uh, clock in. Kill somebody. That was a little brutal. Laid <laughs> the foundation of the church. Wr- wrote 13 letters in the New Testament. Established order in, in the king. this man was a murderer of Christians. Like, the first dude to ever die for the cause of Jesus, his name was Stephen. They, they said they threw the stones. After stoning Steve, they, they threw the stones at the feet of Saul because C- he was there watching. His old name was Saul, but God changed his name to Paul. God has a new name for you, by the way. They called you, they called you troublemaker. God calls you leader. Because <laughs> you play hitter, God calls you pastor. Come on. Are y'all here tonight? And, and God changed his name from Saul to Paul. He, he's kind of like this really bad guy. And, and, and sometimes, listen to me, sometimes we write ourselves out. We say, we're too bad. God can't use me. We say, we're too dirty. God can't use me. We've been through too much. God can't use me. We've, we've messed up. God can't use me. Oh, pastor, you don't know who I really am. You don't know what I've done. Listen, listen to me. It, it, like, whoever you are, God wants to use you, not because of you, but in spite of you. God wants to use you, not because of you. Say to yourself, not because of me, but in spite of me. Can we say that tonight? God wants to use me, not because of me, not because of me. In other words, God's not using you because you're pretty. God's not using you because you're talented. God's not using you because you have something about you. No, 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 no. He's using you in spite of you, in spite of your imperfections. In spite of your struggles and weaknesses, God still uses you. Not because of you, but in spite of you. Oh, my God, does that hit anyone anywhere in their hearts? And and people call living, doing whatever you want, drink whatever, do whatever you want to do, take anything, you know, kind of do what you feel. That's not living strong. That's living weak. The dude that runs after the donuts is not the strong one in the group. It's the dudes in the car that resisted, that said, we're sticking straight to our diet. Looks good, feels good, smells good, tastes good, not good. Those donuts will kill me. They won't be the best. They won't. Come on. You know how many crunches it's going to take to get those donuts out? Do you know how many worship nights I'm going to need to get that sin out of my life? That's bad theology completely. Come on, we got, we got to run to the things of the Lord. We got, we got to say, God, we got to say, God, we got to say, God, I want you more than anything else. I want you. You guys here tonight? And, and they say, and they say, doing what you want is living. Doing what you feel is living. You're weak. Your friends that do what they want, they're weak. The Strong resist. The strong stand firm. The strong say, no, 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 not today, devil. You're trying to kill me. You're trying to come after me. You want me to walk away from the church. You want me to walk away from my calling. You want me to walk away from the best thing that has ever happened to me. Come on, I'm not going to wait. I'm not walking on what I feel. I'm walking on what I know. And that is that Jesus is for me and He's not against me. Ultimate slavery, disguised as ultimate living, is doing what you feel. Ultimate living? No, no, no. That's ultimate slavery. You're a slave to yourself. You're a slave to what you want to do. Whatever you want to do, you do. That's not living. That's slavery. Can I tell you, writers, writers, people who write stories, you know what they say? The best plot in human history is the plot of apprenticeship, that someone jumps into the authority and the submission of someone else. That's why your favorite movies have some type of like leader and like a co-leader, like a captain and like, you know, an assistant, and like a boss and like a manager, right? And, and it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi and y'all here tonight? Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. There we go. I, I thought y'all were here. Batman and Robin. Cat and dog. There we go. Spongebob and Mr. Miyagi and took y'all a little long for that one the best story listen the best story the writers can come up with the best story they can come up with is one where someone submits under someone else it's when someone goes into authority of someone else and, and the truth is, is that culture today says we're not submitting over anyone. We're going to be our own masters. We're going to be our own leaders. We're going to follow whatever we want to do. And that will actually lead you to destruction. That will actually lead you to, 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 to isolation. That will lead you to make the dumbest decision you ever made in your life because you never have people around you to tell you, hey, bro, that's stupid. It's when you kind of do what you want to do and, and, and say what you want to say. You ever said something stupid, and right after you said it, you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that? Yeah. Man, you're weak to your, like, your tongue is stronger than your mind. Your, your mouth travels faster than how you think. You allow, you have no self, it's not strength. It's people people who kind of loose with their mouth, those aren't strong people. That's a weak person. They have no control. You have no self-control. You guys see what I'm saying? Living isn't what the world really painted to be. Because you're only going to leave more broken. Doing what you feel will only end you up in prison. Ask anyone in prison why they did what they want to do because they felt like it. And society calls people monsters. We call people beasts. We call people psychos because they've done what they wanted to do their whole lives. So uh, there's a border, y'all. There's a border the the world puts up and says, oh, you you crossed the line. It's like, where's the line? If we do what we want to do. If you're real with yourself, you believe the lies sometimes of culture. That you can do what you want to do and sprinkle Jesus on everything. There was a pastor. He ministers to someone. He got saved. He came back a year later, and the dude was gangbanging. He's like, yo, why are you gangbanging? He said, oh, don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gangster Christian. I pray for them, and I knock them out. The pastor was like, what are you doing, bro? Stop. What kind of mindset is that? That's the mindset of do what you feel and sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on in your life. Let's, 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 let's push it. Let's push it. I'm a gangster Christian. Man, there's probably... I'm not going to say it. I'm a gangster Christian. I care about myself, pastor, but I love Jesus too. I want money, but I also want God, but I really want money. My life is wrapped around money. If you're real with everything, come on, you be real. My life's, my life's wrapped around fame. My life, Come on, no, no, no. My life's wrapped around Jesus. He changes everything. If things aren't changing, are you really submitted to Jesus? We are a city on a hill. We are a city that is transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're not living off our flesh. We're living off the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Are you being transformed? Are you bearing fruit of the Spirit in your life? Are you guys here tonight? Let the fruit come out of you. It, it says in... Oh my gosh, I want to keep going. I have so much to talk about. First Corinthians chapter one. You don't have to turn to us on screens. Somebody say Paul. Oh. You know who Paul is. Paul's the writer, Paul's the religious dude, Jew, Gentile mentality, right? Christian killer. 13 books in the New Testament, founded most of the church in the beginning. Amazing man of God, also an amazing, an amazing testimony, right? He has a huge testimony. You out here tonight? Paul. So he says his name, so everyone knows who it is. This is the dude that got saved that was crazy he literally a terrorist turned christian he puts his name out there thank you for that called to be an apostle of christ jesus by the will of god somebody say the will of god and our brother sosthenes i love this ready to the church of god in corinth to the church of god in corinth he's writing to the church of god in corinth corinth is a location People who describe Corinth, you know what they say? Here's here's the term. They say they say when you Corinthianize something, it, it means you're sexually doing something. Why? Because in, in the city of Corinth, they were actually really known for having sex with whoever you want, whenever you wanted. Sounds a lot like the United States of America, right? <laughs> Do whatever you want. Have sex with who? Is that not is is that not like what you see on TV? Do what you feel. A coke because I want. A coke, right? Uh, uh, I want to do that. I want to do that. That's a life of weakness. That's not strength. You, 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 think, you think a strong husband is the, the one that has been in five divorces? Or a strong husband is the one that stuck it out for 70 years long? And saying, listen, I felt like giving up a lot of times. Felt like quitting on her. I felt like walking away and throwing in the towel. But I'm not living off my feelings. I made a decision 30-something years ago, 40-something years ago, 50-something years ago that I'm standing by today. I'm going to walk in it no matter what temptation, no matter what 20-something-year-old. Devil, get out of my way. Because I'm not living by how I feel. I'm living by what I know. And then I know that God has something for me. I know there's a heaven waiting for me. Man, I think that's ultimate slavery. And, and you, got the, you got the church of God in Corinth, right? Corinth is it's a lot like the United States. It's a big city. There's Olympic games that happen. Something like the Olympic games that happen every two years. They have a lot of false teachers and prophets that come and preach positivity in the, in the city of Corinth, Right? People who say, hey, put good into the world, you'll get good back. And and, and you put bad into the world, you'll get bad back to you, right? And you got people that teach on astrology right if you look at the stars you can see your future and you look at if you look at the moon you can see kind of what's kind of happening in your life and and that is literally nothing of that is biblical none of that is of God that's all false prophets and false teachers and Paul's stepping into this church listen to me he's stepping into this church for so many issues so many different types of problems people have no idea how to walk how to talk I, I can imagine they had a, a couple gangster Christians I can imagine they had a couple porn star Christians I can imagine they had a Uh, a couple you know bartenders that were Christian and people that are actually dazzling with Jesus and not making a decision so Paul walks into the church with a letter and he says listen I got something to tell you put the verse back up my name Paul and I am called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus to you by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes he says to the church of God in Corinth and to those sanctified, some might say sanctified. sanctified, and to those sanctified in Christ Jesus sanctification means to be holy. It means to be set aside. It means to be different. If your life isn't different, man, there's probably not Jesus on it, but if you got Jesus all over you, man, if you got Jesus literally on your mind and on your heart every day of your life, people will see you one way one day, but then after a few moments, after a few seasons, after a few weeks being in the life of the church and falling in love with Jesus, someone ought to see something different in you. The change in you needs to be evident. It's not about behavioral modification; it's about soul transformation. But we cannot hide from the fruits of the spirit. And God is saying, "You got all these drinks presented to you. What is it going to be? What is it going to be? What is it going to be?" Uh, 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 how many of you guys like C.S. Lewis? He's awesome. He wrote something called the Screw Tape Letters. If you never read it. You should read it. It's a conversation between two demons. He is a Christian, and his writing, called the Screwtape Letters, is a conversation between two demons, right? So if you really believe in God, you understand there's an enemy, there's devils, there's demons. They have no power over you. They have no strength over you. They cannot overthrow your will. If you believe in Jesus and confess him to be Lord, you are sanctified. You are holy. They can't touch you. Amen. let's you know that. He's writing about two demons, ready? It's a demon, it's it's an uncle demon talking to a a younger demon, right? Having a conversation. He's so creative. And here's a conversation, like I read it, and it's pretty long, but there's a part that I want to talk to you about tonight. I'm going to read it to you. It's not up on the screen. It says this. the, The older demon to the younger one. It says, listen, it's very short. Don't let him die. They're debating, should we kill him? Ooh, gonna we'll keep it rocking. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> so the first demon tells the other demon, He says, listen, don't let him die. He says, let him live. Let him live, right? And this is what he says after that. He says, prosperity will knit him to the world. You guys ever seen someone knitting before? I don't even know what the process is like. What is it, like over, under, over, under? Something like that. Can you imagine all the people who expect to go to heaven when the trumpets sound, but because they have a life that is so addicted to the things of the world, they actually stood to the very grounds because the things that knit them down to the floor. Believing in Jesus, being knitted to different things. Like, literally, the, 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 the... The devils, the demons are talking to each other. He's like, bro, just let him live because as he grows up, he's going to seek after prosperity, and prosperity will knit him to the world It will tie him to the ground that he will not think about things that are heavenly, he will not think about things that are eternal, but he will only be focused and think on things that are temporary and of this world. And I love Paul because he says, listen, we're called by the will, not of money, not of fame. We're called by the will of God. Anybody call about the will of God in this place? Yes. I got my last point for you tonight. Listen, you are called to be different. You go right there in your nose. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called to be different. Did we lose all sound? No, we're good. There it goes. This is a crazy story. You guys want to hear a crazy story? It's a crazy story. So, like, there's these pastors. They went golfing. How many guys like golfing? These pastors, they went golfing, Right? And, like, hey, I don't know about you, but when you go out with more than one Christian to a location, it automatically turns into, like, an evangelism service. You ever been around, like, four Christians and one person who isn't saved? They're looking at that dude like, tonight is going to be your night. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Girl, you don't know how God's going to slap you in the face tonight with grace. (laughs) I love you. Anybody ever felt slapped by God before? Every Tuesday. I love you too. Oh. So there's, like, all these pastors. They went golfing, and, like, there's one dude literally in the group that's not Christian. So, like, every hole, there's, like, different – they're, like, like one, one, each of them are, like, getting a hit at it, right? Say, like, hey, man, can I tell you about Jesus? And like, hey, man, I'm an atheist. And I don't believe in Jesus. Like, get out of here. All right? They go to, like, all the hoes. One of the last final hoes. Um, There was one of the pastors, he sucked at golfing, like me. And two people thought it was funny. And he hits it. He he tees off. Wink. Ball goes flying. Lands in the woods. So he's like, I suck, you know, going to get his ball. He finds a ball, and on it says, sweet baby Jesus. I'm not lying to you. The pastor said, it was printed on the ball. Somebody, 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 it's my reggae roots coming out of me, man. Somebody something. So sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus printed on the ball. He comes back to the atheist in the group. He like, hey, man, look at this. It's a sign from God. Kid's like, that's a little weird. I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you found that. He's like, bro, I didn't didn't bring it. I literally found it. And I I think it's a sign from God that he's real and that he loves you and that he's for you. This is a true story. guy's like, yeah, I don't believe. He's like, all right. Next hole comes around. The pastor who sucks at golfing, he's like, I'm going to use my Super Baby Jesus ball. (laughs) He puts it on tee. He whacks at it, goes way right. Way, I mean, way right. Hicks like a rock, hits a sign, and goes right into the area he was supposed to hit in <laughs> it. Right down the greenway. He looks at this guy next to him. He's like, That was freaky. <laughs> the guy is like, That was freaky that that did that. It's pretty cool. He looks up. He's like, God? The next hole over, the pastor, no, same hole. He has one more, one more tee. Hit it across the field. He hits it. Boom, way left. Hits a tree. Hits a rock back into the green. And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, my God. This is wild. This is crazy. This is crazy. God's not real. I don't believe. I don't believe. Right? And then they get to the last hole. And the pastor that sucks, he puts the ball. He's like, hey, man. What's up? He said, like, listen to me. God, if you're real. He's gonna make, you're gonna make this whole in one. You're gonna make this whole in one if you're real. lines up, he sucks, right? God uses me, not because of me, but in spite of me. Real story, he sucks. He's like, all right, God, this kind of worship feels like sometimes because I cannot foster in the presence of God. God just kind of flows in. My job is to kind of just hit off, keep coming to church, keep giving, keep serving, the miracle is not because of me it's in spite of me so he whacks it I mean the straightest hit he's ever had in his life bounces three feet away from the hole rolls two feet rolls one feet grazes the hole falls in the guy does not decide Jesus the guy does not get saved the pastors leave discouraged and they're like, dude, Jesus literally sent a ball from heaven to you and you still denied him. Can I tell you how many times does Jesus have to show up in a firescape in your life to get you to really choose him? How many times does God have to bring you out for you to stop running back to these? It doesn't end, the story doesn't end good for that guy. I'm, I'm, he doesn't die or anything. They, they, they leave the guy, but he leaves not believing in Jesus. Why? Because He's just probably thinking about how other people would think him about, about him being Christian, right? Man, walking away from a challenge, I don't know if that's really living. Walking away from God, I don't know if that's really living. Walking away from what's right because I don't understand it like I'm not gonna lie to myself about the truth I'm not gonna lie you know there's a truth out there do you know that's how truth works can I educate someone tonight listen one plus one is two no matter how you feel two plus two is four no matter how no matter where you were raised in the world two plus two is four right so so when it comes to religion listen someone has to be right If you're saying that I'm right and you're right, that's not how truth works. Two plus two isn't four and six, it's only four. There's only one way to heaven, there's not many ways. And if you're real with yourself, and if you actually explore spirituality, and you explore the God of the Bible, you'll get to a place where you come to the decision, Where everything else is me working to heaven. But can I tell you, I did the research for you. The only religion in the world where God comes down to man is Christianity. We're the only ones who receive Jesus for who he really is. He's not just a man. He's the son of God. He's not just a baby. He's a miracle baby with the spirit as his father. That's the God we serve. I'm not gonna choose these things that are quick, that are temporary. Don't build your life around success. Success will lead you to hell. Jesus will lead you to heaven. Don't live your life around things that won't matter, that will only break you, that will only leave you more empty. Real security is understanding that the God of the universe is for you. How many guys know about Will Chamberlain? He's the only basketball player to ever score 100 points. He's considered one of the greats. Can I tell you, he didn't have the best free throw, though. His free throw was aye. Somebody say aye. It was aye. So he would shoot, right? Brick, brick. And that time in the NBA, the best player at the free throw line shot the basketball underhand. They got scientists into it. They literally said, an underhand granny shot, statistically, is the most made free throw. So the guy, the only guy in the NBA doing the stupid, like free throw would come up, and you know, free throw for basketball players, it's like kind of like when batters get to them, you know, they get to, to the base, you know, it's all swag. You know You ever seen a baseball player? You ever seen a Dominican baseball player? They be like, they be like, A-Rod, you see A-Rod bat up? Like, "Like pitch that ball, man, pitch it, come on. Right? That's like a swag moment when the batter gets, when a basketball player gets to the mound, you know it's all swag. He's just, throw the ball, you know what I'm saying? Y'all seen TV? They dribble a couple times, you know what I'm saying? Get the ball bouncing, and they shoot. How dumb would you look? But it worked, the guy who did that, lay, that free throw, literally, he's literally known for the underhand free throw, the granny. He had the best free throw percentage. Can I tell you, Wilt Chamberlain practiced with that guy, right? So he noticed that there was something wrong with him that's the first thing in christianity you gotta understand you're not perfect you're, you're, you're wrong you need jesus you need the church you need what he has to offer right so he comes for help he seeks after that dude listen to me the, the dude comes to him he's like listen bro this is my technique i do it and i do it and it's like this and they're in the gym and they're working out and will chamberlain this is a true story will chamberlain starts doing it he starts making it and he actually won a couple games in the nba literally Now there's two weirdos in the NBA doing it, right? You know, his shooting percentage went up after changing his free throw. A couple months later, he switched back. He went from this, missing, back to this, beautiful, back to this, missing. They said, whoa, why would you do that? Why? You saw there was an issue. You fixed it. You got better. You did something different. Why would you go back to it? He said, man, because I look stupid. I look dumb coming to church every week. I look dumb praying to a God I can't see. I'm going to give up on this thing because the world's not Christian. Because if I'm a Christian, I'm a minority. I'm not accepted by a lot of people. People will stop looking at me the same way. I don't want to do it because I don't don't want to look stupid. Can I tell you that 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 decision we make will literally lead us into the worst moment of our life or the best moment of our life? That crossroad of, man, is it really just going to be God or, like, my way? Like, is it really going to be what he wants for my life or is it going to be kind of me leading my own life? Am I going to give up on Jesus because I want to be awesome in the world? Or am I going to give up the world?